seasons of fringe we see, though only for good there be. Here we ramble about what we watch, and hope that the review we do not botch. For here we are again, just three Canadians, ready to start our little podcast. Oh, I bet you wish this intro goes fast, but bad news for you, many a rhyme do I have to go through. For much time did I spend writing these for you, my friends. So many stars in the sky there are, oh do I wonder if we pass the bar. You might think these lines are nonsense, or you might be just sitting on the fence. There are many a difference between you and I, most of all how you must both sigh. But alas, as all good things do, this must come ado. But first, before we begin our podcast, a riddle three you must surpass. <clears throat> first, a famous actor known for his slapstick, but also the name used by both dudes and chicks. This is this is for you guys. Oh, are we are we talking like are we talking last name both dudes and chick? No, first name. Oh. Charlie? Yes. Oh, right, cuz it's me. I got Second, you. I got you. What means a small cut, but also a great crime. For should you do either, you'll need to serve time. Nick. Serve time, eh? Yep. <laughs> and finally, Strong was he who fought Goliath. It's the best name. I have no bias. That doesn't fucking rhyme. <laughs> All right. Fuck you, David. That's correct. Hi, joining me today on the podcast. Today, joining me on the podcast, um, a name that other than Charlie, because others could work, um, a name, well, Nick, myself, and then Goliath. You know, the better one. <laughs> What do you mean other than Charlie? What name could what what actor was known for his famous slapstick but is also a like non uh gendered name? I I thought I you were going like one. I was going like last name I was like Carrie could work. Are you talking about Jim Carrey? I don't no, know. No, I was what... talking about Charlie Chaplin. Nope. Robin Williams also would have would have would have fit. Oh uh, man, I guess, I guess. Alright, yeah. you're Robin now, I guess, Charlie. No, but, you um, just yeah. have really shit riddles. Welcome to another episode of Four Seasons at a Funeral. You were Max. you were right there we to go. apologize, there we go, David. Max Linder. <laughs> you and were Max, right to Max apologize a, uh... for this before we started. <laughs> you had me. You you had me. Like I was on board right up until the Canadian rhyme. <laughs> yep. You didn't like yep. that one. That no, that, that one Canadians. That's that's where I was done. That's where I went. Nope. This is get this over with. You didn't like it when I went, oh man, I bet you wish this goes quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 17 of Fringe, uh, Stowaway. Woo. Uh, <laughs> you said you liked this episode, and you've ruined it with that <laughs> intro. I like the episode so much, I wanted to make a good intro, so I spent a lot of time writing rhymes. By a lot of time, I mean three minutes. <laughs> oh. It's good good to know, David, because you know how much time I'm going to spend on my outro? (laughs) Minus three seconds. It's going to go There will be three seconds of silence at the start, but that won't be me thinking. That will be me trying not to think about it. (laughs) So, um, what have you guys been up to? Uh, I played the entirety of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, 
beat it in probably like a day and a half, and now I get to go do New Game Plus and do all collectibles. Yay. And it's helping distract from waiting to go pick up a puppy, because we have like all the stuff we can buy for her just sitting in a crate in the kitchen. <laughs> just waiting. Just waiting. Oh, man, speaking of puppies. <laughs> in the meantime, while Charlie's waiting to get a puppy like a nerd, I'm taking care of a puppy. Uh, <laughs> like a nerd. <laughs> Yes. A puppy has um, appeared in Nick's life. <laughs> yes. Yes. Puppy has appeared in Nick's life and Nick is very tired. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like it. Nick is, um, Nick is very tired. It's a very cute puppy, though. It's a very, very he, cute dog. He loves he his belly rubs cute. so much. He really does love his belly rubs. Um, he met uh, my parents and well, my dog um, mm. today because uh, my parents came up. Uh, to say hello and to go on a small walk. He did really well on the walk, which was good, but he was also very pleased to meet other dogs. That's good, Uh, yeah. I know that's supposed to be a struggle right now with the pandemic is socializing um, dogs with each other. Like, just, oh my god. Uh, There's going to be a lot of dogs after this is over that have separation anxiety and are going to be dog sensitive because of the pandemic and so many people adopting dogs on a whim during lockdowns yeah i mean yeah but also like even if they weren't adopted like it's not like the dogs wouldn't have been born if people weren't adopting them (laughs) no i know but i'm i'm just saying there's going to be a lot of dogs that are potentially going to be put up for adoption again that are going to have severe separation anxiety because people don't realize that you need to make sure they're okay being home by themselves crate training is so important it's uh it's real unfortunate because I feel like crate training seems like to be a new thing, relatively. I don't entirely agree with that. But yeah, it's still not done by everyone. And I think it's incredibly important. Well, not like, a, and... not like a new concept. I mean, like I think it's been a while. It's been around for a long time. But I mean, more like it's yeah. come into mainstream. Like everyone is mm. basically like all Maybe? good dog I owners I know crate train, essentially, <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> As- and it seems to be like, yeah, say, you gotta crate train your dogs is the kind of thing. Like, I don't I don't know how new it actually is, because like mm-hmm. both of my like dogs like growing up were both like crate trained. Um right. our first dog Toby until like a certain age, and then um not afterwards like our second dog Jules is still crate trained and she's like thirty. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> been a thing for me. But it's definitely yeah, a good thing I, for them. It's it's super important because like it's their space. Um, you make it so that it's like if you're in there, no one's gonna bother you. No one's gonna um, bother no you, and people you. will people place. will come back. Like, don't worry. I think yes. it's some kind of pseudo like, oh, we shouldn't restrict these dogs to like this space for so long. And it's like, no, some dogs legitimately need to because they have anxiety or are destructive and can't be let free in a house for a long periods of time. Yeah, yeah it's and, that, you and also, also like you can make it more like a den as well, so that it like kind of yeah. harkens back to to that. Well, it's also yeah. just nowadays like you, you people work eight hours, and when they need to start going to the office, like you don't have the option of staying home to take care of your dog. Like yeah, you, nope. and, and uh, yeah, I'm saying though it's, it's on the same vein as people who are like, oh, you can feed your dog a vegetarian diet. No, you can't. Don't do that. You'll kill them. Nope, they are omnivores. They need to eat lots of everything. <laughs> Yeah, it I, it feels like one of those things that is kind of in the vein of like new wave animal rights, but they don't quite know what they're talking about. 
Well, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of applying what is people think of as human rights to animals, which I'm like, you, you can't do that. They are animals. Like, we treat them nicely. We try to treat them well. We try to respect them, but they are so animals. They have different needs. But you got to understand that. And I would like, I would like to point out that space-wise, you can get crates that are larger, like for the space for a dog, than you know what a prison cell might be for a human. And yeah, we stick true. people in there for longer than eight hours a day. It's hey, true. David, you could comfortably sleep in the crate we just got, my dog. I could comfortably sleep in many crates. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know this? Don't worry about it. Anyways, <laughs> today's TV guide. Uh, the investigation of an apparent suicide reveals another set of fingerprints that lead to a woman with unique abilities. This is a bullshit TV guide. <laughs> really this tells you This tells you nothing about the episode. Really burying the lead on things here. Like I feel <laughs> like we know right from the get-go that there was like another woman. There was no mystery about it. Hey, did this episode also make you feel like a dum-dum for previous comments on episodes of Fringe about characters may or may not be returning? Yes. I mean, I felt smart because I think in a previous episode I called that we would see other universe Lincoln. Um, and we saw him in this episode. So He features in this episode. Yeah, as a he, big character. He's a nerd in this episode. He's a nerd and he wears glasses compared to his other universe. I thought that was so funny. I'm like, yeah, this look is going to be nerdier. Um, put him in glasses, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no. But he, this is good such episode. a fun episode. It's so fun. This is such a good episode. Holy shit. David, are you just surprised that Fringe was able to like make like three episodes in a row that were good? I'm shocked because usually these episodes like 16 to like 15, 17 range are shit. Like, Yeah, this is all the, okay, we got a rookie writer. Let's give them an episode before the season finale. Yeah, that's why I'm shocked that we've had such a string of good and also plot relevant episodes. It's been crazy. This, hey, David. This was hey, David, co-written by was one Akiva. of the story writers for this yeah. episode. I assume Akiva. Akiva yes. Goldman, yeah. Yep. Hey, they bring in the big guns when it's needed. He is a good writer. Um, he does a good job. Yes. Well done, Akiva Goldsman. Yep. Uh, shout out to Anator for this episode for, I think, being the first Fringe actor to play three different characters now. Um, what? Herself, yep. uh, Folivia, Her- and now William Bell. Yeah. And now, and now Bellivia. Bellivia? Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Why don't we just get on into this episode then? Yeah, um, the yep. fringe team is looking over William Bell's as he occupies Olivia's body. <laughs> looking over William Bell's host. Uh, yeah. Broyles is there being like, what the fuck happens? I leave you guys alone for two seconds? And and now I'm... a 70-year-old man is in Olivia. <laughs> Listen, is this... This, this is, is this... completely legal, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Yeah. <laughs> This one is significantly more more legal than the uh, the the thirty the, the, the earlier year episodes old in a seventeen year old girl's body. <laughs> oh, um, but it it's great because Broyles is like, "How did you do this?" And Bell's like, "Oh, everything is going according to my plan." And Peter's like, "Yeah, tell him when you started this plan." He's like, "Oh, yes," and it seems like Bell is very pleased with himself. He's like. When I had that meeting with Olivia, I gave her some tea, and the soul magnets were in that tea, and she drank it like a moron. 
I then rang the bell just to prove that I was better than her. <laughs> well, now I'm thinking the bell ringing was some sort of calibration process. Or oh, probably. Which, oh, 100%. Which makes me hate him less, but still, he did do it with, ah, I'm William Bell. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't well, make it's me also, hate him still. Well, it well, also wait, seems wait, like she, someone gifted him. Did she take her first him. sip of tea as, as, he, as he rung the bell? Maybe. You would have to go back and check. I think that scene is so edited and choppy that you wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check the VODs on that one. But yeah, no, I also, remember drinking I would tea think and then you... the bell, bell ding, So Yeah, I would think you would want to wait a bit for the soul magnets to like maybe disperse. <laughs> the soul magnets settle. Are, are still in her well, mouth no. and he rings the bell. Like, oh, fuck, that was too soon. Uh, if you case you didn't <laughs> I'm hear in me, her I'm teeth William now. Bell. I'm Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I, I I like the idea of no. He wanted to ring it as soon as like the soul magnets like were just like even if they were just in her mouth because it made the tea taste better. Like he knew that he'd fucked up the tea, <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, no, this will add just a little bit like a, a like zing, a fizz." <laughs> Olivia not noticing that her tea seems to have pop rocks in it for some reason. <laughs> this is a very uh, spicy tea. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah no, we don't have universe... coffee over here, so we've made our tea way more exciting. <laughs> exciting tea instead of hot wings we have hot tea on on this side (laughs) but yeah basically it all boils down to or all broils down to (laughs) um uh, william bell needs to find a more suitable permanent host and will take him maybe 48 hours to find uh, a new a new home for his consciousness to live even though olivia's body can can support him and her own consciousness for maybe a couple weeks. Well, it's the, he's had 48 hours before any sort of adverse side effects. Well, no. Well, no. Broyles was like, all right, Belle, I'm giving you, like, how much How much time do you need to find a host? Um, or I'm going to tell Walter, I'm going to tell Walter to kick you out of this body one way or another. I want my agent back. <laughs> this I isn't mean, cool. William Bell is a pretty good asset, to be fair. <laughs> he does Yeah, David, which is why... Which is why Broyles goes for it, because Peter is in the background like, no, don't. Let's just yeah. kick him out now. Well, well, yeah, because Peter's going the whole, hmm, was there any consent that was given Peter's when he going, slipped? Peter's going, man, I'm not going to get laid for a while, I guess. <laughs> if I do, it's going to be really fucking weird. <laughs> but the entire time the scene's going on, Anatorv is doing Bell's like, weird accent and weird intonation, and it's real fucking good. Like, kudos to Anator for completely <laughs> embodying William Bell. Yeah. Including, for the, including the, the being New real Zealander. creepy. Real creepy oh, yeah. towards Astrid as well. <laughs> like, yes. Like, one of the first things is she's helping, like, take the um, <laughs> uh, electrodes off. off. And just William Bell going, has anyone ever told you you have such pretty hands? And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? What the fuck? <laughs> And now we know why William Bell had such an attractive assistant in the other universe <laughs> when Olivia, he's banging that assistant. Or just yeah. being a terrible boss. Well, I mean, I feel like banging your assistant with that much of an age gap kind of implies you're a terrible boss. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Listen, what you don't realize is that Massive Dynamic also has a hand modeling agency and he was just scouting <laughs> Astrid right there. That was all. Mm. It's okay. I'm sure. There's yeah. so many little moments like that, and they're all perfect for this episode. One of my absolute favorite ones comes later on when they're uh, sort of in the lab setting, and they're all discussing. 
and Belle says something to Astrid, or he like looks at Astrid, and Astrid just very casually starts she buttoning up, up her, her top button. <laughs> <laughs> so good, such a good scene. Ah, uh, so Anyways, let's move away let's get from to those this. Episodes. Let's get away from this whimsical uh, hijinks in the lab and uh, go up to a rooftop in Massachusetts, where. Yeah. This is this part of the cold open is so weird to me because I don't know if they're deliberately trying to do like over the top, like you're in the middle of a sad movie, mm-hmm. or if that's just how these actors' performances came across. Because this guy seems like five degrees over dramatic for the part he's playing, where like he's sitting on the rooftop and like he's all sad. And this woman bursts up and he's like, oh, hey, Joan, glad to see you made it. You told me that raindrops have hope. And I'm just like, holy shit. Well, and the, way this, this scene. The, way this scene, the way that this scene felt to me was, oh, man, these guys have been friends for a long time. Like, yeah. Yeah. It seemed like there was a real strong connection, which I mean, sort of tracks um, a person who is that suicidal is going to latch on to the first person that reaches out to them like very hard, I think. But it's this wouldn't, except for the suicide part, it doesn't really seem that out of place in some like emotional uptick in a movie mm-hmm. or like a How I Met Your Mother episode. Like someone races up to the rooftop and like, oh, Ted's sad and Robin's there and they have yeah. this heart to heart. Like, the- that's what it feels like. It feels like these characters have like five years of history instead of maybe two days. Yeah. The, Anyways, um... we. Oh, sorry. Go Nick, ahead. Go ahead. Nope. I was just I was I was just gonna try and bring us bring us forward from here. So yeah, go if you've ahead. got another thing to say. I was just gonna say, well, after about two minutes of like it's it's legitimately about two minutes um of this introduction and this whole sad scene, um the man walks to the side of the ledge and the woman grabs him, you think to try and pull him down, but instead, nope, they both go off yep. the side of the building. <laughs> Land on a taxi and she walks away. She stands up like fucking Terminator. (laughs) She, uh, yeah. And there are a bunch of people who were down there, and they just kind of stare at her in shock, which is fair. And one dude totally records it on on his cell phone, and we see that recording, and it's totally handheld footage. It's not on a tripod at all. Well, it's all thanks to the amazing cell phone he had, which had amazing Sprint service as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone's got amazing Sprint service this episode. God, we can't I forget do love, that. Well, no, not just this episode. This entire season. Have you guys not seen that every single phone, oh, like the top think, like quarter of the screen says the word Sprint in it? <laughs> Sprint's been the sponsor for their cell phones for a while because they had the video calling thing way By back Sprint. in season two. Yeah. Sprint had a huge market share of television cell phones, I feel like, at this time. Yes. I'm sure. like Sprint or um, Verizon every single place. Yeah. But yeah, she, um, she, she walks away from the crash, starts to walk towards all the people who are gathering around and are very concerned that, you know, she's bleeding a little bit, but otherwise seems completely fine after this, like, probably, like, 10-story fall. Uh... And she's like, no, let's let's just go the other way. Turns around um, and runs away uh, from the scene. Yeah. And that's our our cold open. open. No no screams, no nothing like that this time. Which I think is weird, weird fringe event. Kind of (laughs) fitting for this kind of episode that like just she just walks away from it. And that's the cold open. Like, 
Like she this doesn't seem that freaked out about it. This. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is like, ah, oh, not again. Oh well. Time to leave. <laughs> Alright, they're gonna be asking questions I don't wanna answer. Uh <laughs> Uh, after after the credits, we cut back into the lab, and uh, Peter has fetched some re-entry files for William Bell for Massive Dynamic because he has been planning this for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and William Bell like catches that weird sketch of the machine, and on the back, it's got like Peter's eyes on fire and shit. Um, and Peter's like, "Oh, don't worry about that. I'm not going to the machine." And William Bell's basically like, "Life's not that simple. Sometimes, dude, you might have to be in that machine in like four episodes." Listen, running away from things sometimes leads you directly to it. Like, yeah. if that's your fate, that's your fate. It's my fate to inhabit your girlfriend's banging body. <laughs> he does also, say right when he comes now, and this is this was the most off-putting part is seeing was seeing Olivia in like anything that wasn't a gray or a black. It was real she's, weird. She's got a black turtleneck on and a lab coat and her hair is pulled very tightly back into a ponytail. It is like the the most cleaned up Olivia we've seen. Oh, did we miss the part where William Bell's complaining about bra straps I as was, well? I was just going to say, right when William Bell like takes over, he's like, I need to change. I never realized a bra was so constricting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just so creepy, dude. So fucking creepy. Yeah. yeah. But uh, then the fringe team gets an alert about the incident and they watch the footage. And once again, it is very clearly like shot on a tripod. There's like digital shake added in. And when they pan over to the car crashing, it's it's like a camera pan. Like it's way too steady. And I don't know why that bugs me so much. Just, <laughs> Charlie, just Charlie, film it Charlie. handheld. It's not that hard. Charlie, Charlie. What's important to recognize is that that man who was standing there was actually a professional cameraman and was just practicing. He's actually a professional grip, and that's just how he records things normally. Like, yeah, no, he is, he is actually him... just a god in the film industry. Um, he has the steadiest hands in the industry because we see him holding his phone in the cold open. Yes. We see a man on oh, his yeah, cell phone. Yeah, he, and he, he is has... just he is just a god with with the uh, with with a mobile. He is phone. Hollywood's um, greatest camera operator. <laughs> well, no, it's important to realize, David, that like anything like heavier than like a really like fast like sprint phone um, is too heavy <laughs> for his hands. Um, the only reason it's so can... good is that it's a sprint cell phone. Yes, but yeah, they uh, yeah. they collect, uh, or they talk about finding out who this woman is yep. and William Bell is like cool sounds like a good job and Peter's like uh no we're not going we can handle this you find a body to hop into so I could bang my girlfriend again <laughs> but Bell's like hey we already set up the computer system it's searching through it using the parameters we need like we can't make that run faster so what am I supposed to do just sit on my hands yeah he says I'm not the kind of person who can make that search go faster I'm pretty sure he's the kind of man who can make that search go well, fast. I'm pretty Bell, sure he's the you, kind of man who realize... can get a body cloned if needed. Like, come on, dude. I'm pretty sure he can make a man go brain dead if he really wanted to. I'm I'm fairly certain that he could source two million PS3s to make a supercomputer to make this go faster. I'm pretty exactly. sure he could source a PS5 at that time. <laughs> The alternate universe thinking, is, is on PS7, so PS5 is cheap now. Yeah. Ah, oh, there man. we go. I've been looking every day. This is very, it's very demoralizing. 
Or you've been trying to get a PS5? Yeah, I want one. Are you following all the Twitter accounts? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Good luck. You on any? Are you on any of the uh, the Twitch streams? I'm on some of the discords. It's a whole thing, dude. It is. It yeah. is a monstrous setup to get that going, and then you have to get lucky. But I did. I'm not going to get a new GPU for a while. Yeah. It's, it's a rough it's time to want to play video games. <laughs> oh, but hey, um, let's stop thinking about that and instead go to the happy little town of Hartford, Connecticut, where um, that's not this a happy has... town. <laughs> yeah, they're very sad. They lost their hockey team, and they haven't been the same since. They're also in Connecticut. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but there's a. There's a printout of, and it's got the description of the woman who walked away from the car crash and a photo of the woman walking away from the car crash. And an agent quickly looks at it and then runs out, gets the attention of another agent. It's a bespeckled Lincoln Lee. <gasps> Lincoln! He exists and is less sexy or more sexy, depending on your preferences in this universe. I think less. Do you like glasses is <laughs> well, the just, major question. It's the confidence thing. He seems way less confident. Uh, I mean, would, you would also be more confident if you survived, like, an explosion, like... A horrific burn accident? Did. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you kind of lose attachment on looks. Of, like, probably the most, like, powerful division of, like, law enforcement in the other universe. You would have to be. Like... <laughs> yeah. Um, but hey, he exists. It's kind of weird, because they mentioned in the other universe, like, how, like, influential his dad is, and, like, you'd expect that he'd be, you know, he'd have a, like, higher-up position if that was the same case here, but, yeah, Weird timeline shit. Hey, he's yeah. just doing his job. Leave him alone. Come on. Yeah, he's doing his job. It's good to see him. He's not dead. Uh, surprisingly, when that Peter caught that firefly, it didn't mean that uh, Lincoln died as well. It <laughs> mean uh, that like every other character we've seen in the other universe is also dead because Peter. Yeah, as it turns firefly. out, that that was a bad firefly to miss. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to pay these actors again, so I guess the firefly killed them. Like literally all of them. Like it's 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 insane that chain of events. Uh, it's a very cruel firefly. Um, so yeah. We sort of learn from Lincoln's sort of reaction that, uh, hey, they've been interested in this woman um, and that she's been spotted is uh, sort of important for them in Hartford. Or wh Where is it? Hartford? Yeah. Well, Hartford, she's, yeah. she's important because she, she was murdered in a home invasion along with her husband and two kids. Yes. yes. Right. And but then we get that information later when he shows up no, in the French division, right? We get that information yes, now. No, we don't. We get it later, Yes, we Charlie. do. No, we get it now at the crime scene. Yes, once he gets to the crime scene. But yeah, once he arrives at the crime scene and at Fringe Team. Oh. Right. Well, I would say we just... The, the scene of us seeing Lincoln then mm -hmm. immediately ties into Fringe Team showing up at the crime scene and Lincoln explaining why this woman is so important. Right, but we do get yeah. a little bit of moment before he shows up, right? Where the Fringe Team is doing their sort of thing. They're investigating. Yeah. And well, they're Walter... trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out who this body is, right? Yeah. Like they don't know, so they're taking the DNA samples, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, you know, we only need a little bit of of their blood, and we're good to go." Walter and go Bell are very excited on. to be collecting blood samples, just like they used to do just in their like, youth. <laughs> just like the old days. Uh... <laughs> a very weird line, I thought. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's also weird because Lincoln shows up and no one recognizes him because the only person who would is Olivia and her uh, her consciousness is asleep in right now. I actually so Bell should have recognized him because he saw him. I think Bell was playing it really cool. Bell was playing it cool, uh. but also like I think Bell has been. Well, it was explained Bell had been hopping for a while, so he's probably used to the seeing alternate versions of people, which is why he played it so cool. But I think it's an interesting move by them to have the first showing of Lincoln in this universe to be when Olivia's not technically here. Yeah. Because then it's going to be really weird later on when Olivia meets Lincoln and Lincoln's like, oh yeah, you're that weird scientist dude on Fringe Team. <laughs> Scientist woman who speaks like a like seventy year old man. <laughs> and Olivia's gonna be like, "Oh my God, Lincoln! Uh, I'm so sorry, I exploded you." I mean, what? <laughs> well, she didn't that explode wasn't... him. Yeah, Pyro woman exploded him. Yeah. Exactly. I'm so sorry. I tried to kill you when I was breaking out of fresh <laughs> There we division. go. Lincoln, it's good to see that your face grew back. <laughs> I mean, his face <laughs> grew like, back what? in the what? other universe as well. <laughs> Nice to see all your hair grew back. Oh, we missed a plot point as well, where um, uh, Walter and Bella's first guess for how that woman survived is they think it's a soft spot in, in the universe. Yes, yes continuing we the are theme still of on Walter, Walter thinking that he is destroying the universe by saving Peter. Um, yep, the, we can expect that probably at least until the end of the season, uh, every single Fringe event, Walter's first reaction is going to be that, because he's seen it once now and is terrified. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but that wasn't even his fault. That was a different thing as well. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, then Lincoln explains, hey, this is Dana Gray. She died 18 months ago. Two bullets to the dome, along with her hu- husband and her kids. Um, they found the guy who did the home invasion, but he was killed in a police shootout. So Yeah, we had there. one dude, a really good marksman, just shoot him in the head right away. <laughs> yeah, no, he was trying to escape off of the roof of his house. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he. I think he got transferred over to us from uh, from the, the FBI. It was really weird, but anyway. Brawls is like, don't talk about him, don't talk about him. <laughs> uh, but then he's like, yeah, we got a report about two people jumping out of a dorm window a couple months ago. Um, oh. along, along the same time, her body disappeared from the morgue. Yeah, we assumed uh, it was stolen, which is a weird assumption to make right away. But I mean, I well, guess. Well, doesn't well, doesn't well, Walter say that's a Walter's, good assumption? Yes, yeah, Walter's feels, like, ah, yes, common. It, it feels is, is it common? Do bodies get stolen from morgues? I think Walter uh, says Walter common because Walter steals times. bodies from morgues. <laughs> Walter, Walter, this is not the first time that Walter has brought up. Hey, morgues are a great place to find bodies. <laughs> it just feels weird. <laughs> I really hope that's not a common occurrence. All right, let's we'll Google see. That, that is quick. this is this is definitely the second time that Walters brought this up, though. Uh. But um, so he gives his own introduction. He introduces himself as well as part of the Hartford FBI, and they're like, "Oh, I guess you're going to work with us for this because you're sort of involved, and I get we need your character, I guess, to be introduced." Man, can you imagine if they'd had, like, Lincoln just be, a, like, a one-off, just random person in, like, season two before we sort of, like, saw, like, everyone in the alternate universe, and See, then they brought in, like, how important he was? <laughs> See, what I think was supposed to happen is definitely, um, what's her name? Duchess, uh, woman. Megan, uh... Megan Markle. Markle, I think, was supposed to take Lincoln's role in the other universe. 
and she yeah. was supposed to be a bigger deal in the our universe uh fringe as well because then that just makes much more sense than rather introducing a random character that we've never seen before um as the leader of the other fringe division right yeah maybe because she was also so like i would i also want to know where they were going with the Sorry, Nick. With the religious? I was going to say the religious side of things as well, Charlie? Or? Yeah, I, wanted, I was going down the same route. I want to know what she was doing with the Bible passages. That is yeah. like one hanging plot thread that I really want to know where it was going. It's, it's very weird, but also this episode has so much religious overtones to it as well, which is why I think well, this plot idea was written for her, like her character in mind. Like, well, yeah, all of, like, to, to be fair, Fringe has a very, like, has a lot of, like, Christian undertones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, undertones, but this is overtones. Like, this is just, This is like, overtones. This is very yeah. much just the plot of the episode has the Christian stuff happening. It just has a bunch of, yeah, Christian passages or... Um, she goes to, like, the, literally the woman, Dana, goes to a church, like, and talks to a nun. Like, that's why I, I think Lincoln's position was supposed to be taken by Meghan Markle originally. Is my guess. That makes sense to me. Because why otherwise have her be such a big part of the beginning of that season? And I why... also wonder if it went in a completely different direction. I wonder how much of that they had planned out. Right. I yeah, also I wonder if maybe she was show. supposed to be like, yeah, if she was supposed to be like a side like fringe character for like the next little while. But then on the opposite side, like th- thought that like was against like was like a resistance against the fringe division or something like oh, that. Because you could tell. Yeah um because like that would make a lot of sense is if the other side like they they very much don't like they have it be like yes the military like everyone is down with the military like everyone's like cool with everything that's going on and it would make way more sense for them to be like yeah no this isn't cool also there's this whole like resistance part that's like hey maybe we shouldn't be like freezing a bunch of innocent people um even if it is like causing all of these issues um and it would make a lot more sense if her character like led that resistance on the other side it's just some interesting parallel seeing her character, like remembering what her character was and seeing this episode specifically and how well she would have slotted into this episode. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. I wonder what would have happened if Meghan Markle didn't go to suits and then, you know, yep. marry a prince and become a princess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, her career path is like awesome. That's <laughs> it's. <laughs> And, hey, she managed, she managed to alienate Piers Morgan, and that's just a boon for everyone. Listen, like, that, that it, is good. Yeah. So, like, hey, her not, her not doing Fringe, if that's what led to all of that, that's fine. Kudos to Meghan Markle, I guess. All, all yeah. of the critici- potential criticisms aside and all that stuff, uh, thank you for showing the world truly how much of a piece of shit Piers Morgan is and getting everyone on board with that and having him quit or fired from whatever morning show he was doing weeks ago. Yeah. <sighs> it was it was nice for everyone. Back to Fringe, though. Uh, Lincoln says, hey, her body got stolen from the morgue. We got a report of two jumpers at a dorm window, but we only found one body. And when we dusted for prints, we found Dana's fingerprints at the scene. And then we get another report a couple months ago, same thing, double suicide, only one body, and that's yeah, how they we, got now here. Now we've got her, now, now we, every time that someone, like, finds her prints, like, you know, we, we have it ping us, um, because this is weird, and we don't know what's going yeah. on. And he's yeah. like, he's like, I got a crazy theory, like, this is an insane theory, you'll want to lock me away for this theory, and they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and <laughs> he's yeah, like, totally. she can't. 
she can't die. And everyone looks over to Olivia like, mm-hmm, that's brand new. Like, that's a crazy who thought. Seen this coming? Man, who would have guessed also, that? I will also say, Lincoln's sure got some of that other world, um, like, not good at his job. Because he's like, you yeah, know, we put, like, out a ping for, like, whenever, it's, whenever her fingerprints show up at a crime scene. Why didn't you just put out a, like, you know, hey, here's her face. Here's a photo. Has anyone seen this person? Yeah, at See least even as a potential murder suspect. Yeah. Hey, this person's been found missing. Presumed dead. If you've seen this person, let let us know. Yeah. But uh but yeah, um after that outlandish ridiculous theory, uh we cut back to the lab and hey, Lincoln has been somehow granted clearance to go work with the fringe team because he needs to be in this episode for longer because the actor still had time left on his contract so they had to throw him in somewhere i guess no 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 the, the real reason is when Broyles saw other half of Broyles, he went and looked at the photograph and saw like lincoln was like a big part of like other Broyles' <laughs> life and he was like oh shit i need this person here it's the way to it's the way to a f- fulfilled life where i like help people <laughs> i mean is it or is that the path to where you get cut in half being sent to another universe because you're disposable eh. now because there's someone who could take well, over? Well, no, because you. you weigh half of an, or you weigh double in Olivia. Uh, I'm just saying, like, yeah. If I was Broyles, I would be like, let's not do what alternate Broyles did. But hey, we got Lincoln for the rest of the episode, and I'm hyped. It's it's really yeah. nice to have the Lincoln here. Uh, Bell and Walter did some science on the blood samples they got um, from Dana Gray. And we get the classic that we sort of haven't had since, like, season one and early season two of, uh, the, like, everyone being confused about the cow in the lab. Uh, and oh, yeah. And Gene is still there. <laughs> Lincoln walks in and stares at the cow and is like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a while since Gene's made an appearance of just confusion for people. Doesn't uh, Gene make an appearance every episode, though, basically? like. Oh, yeah, no, but this is, like, it's been a while since we've had a new person go, like, hey, what, what's up with the cow? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, even William Bell, like, looked and was like, well done, Walter. Like, this, Well, this Bell looked at the cow no and was like, ah, excellent, just what we need. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, we get back to the science. Um, Lincoln is now officially uh, at least allowed to see fringe stuff, sort of. Yes. Um, and... Well, um, Peter makes a comment as Lincoln walks in, but like, ah, congratulations, whatever clearance you had, it's probably seven levels higher now. Welcome to Fringe Division. <laughs> uh, it's important to note that your boss is like significantly lower clearance level than you now. Don't, don't, don't tell him any of this. No don't reports. tell anyone anything you see here. <laughs> All the reports go to Broyles, and Broyles has this awesome fireplace. Uh, <laughs> they go to Broyles and Massive Dynamic. Don't worry about it. It's it's fine. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Lincoln walks into essentially them just discussing, okay, how does she not die? Like, what could possibly be going on? Um, there's a bunch of theories. Magnets. Being- <laughs> magnets. <laughs> there's a bunch of theories being thrown about. Um, I believe... Uh, Bell and uh, Walter come up to the idea that maybe she's absorbing the life energy from the people who are killing themselves. I do also like this. This is the scene where um, we have William <laughs> Bell and Astrid have the oh, very yeah. awkward interaction. Yes. Now, while you guys mentioned the buttoning up of the shirt, I think the other very important part is William Bell being like, yes, an, ex- an uh, unusually strong magnetic attraction as he puts like 
magnets around Astrid's wrist, which oh, is yeah. the way creepier he's, thing. He's, ex- he's that, explaining, he says, man, that looks good on you. <laughs> he's he's explaining like, oh, we're all held together by magnets. Our cells are like these like naturally magnetic rocks. And he makes a he's got a bunch of magnetic beads, and he makes a bracelet for Astrid and goes, that looks lovely on you, dear. And then she's like, thanks, and then buttons up her top button. Takes that off, and takes puts it off. down. <laughs> yeah. Just, nope, nope, this isn't okay, please. <laughs> Poor Astrid, she goes through so much. <laughs> she's, she's basically Walter's babysitter, and then all of a sudden, Olivia, who was cool, has gotten <laughs> real fucking creepy with real her. Real uncool, <laughs> and she needs to go talk to HR right away. Um, But Lincoln but, yeah. sort of... They're discussing, but maybe she's stealing life energy. And Lincoln's like, what? So like a vampire? Like some kind of soul vampire? Are you, are you guys saying scientists? Souls e- are you saying souls exist? <laughs> Once Bell's again, like, look at Olivia. Look away. Uh, <laughs> like, we're all just energy, right, man? Like, you could technically tie that energy to magnets. I mean, what? Don't Soul magnets TM me. Massive here, dynamic. Take a, here, take a hit of this blunt. Can <laughs> <Did> you understand? <laughs> Go go with Peter and investigate. Find find more suicidal people that she's probably stealing their life force from. And it makes off sense they that go. She's, you know. Well, yes. also this is this is a lot of Lincoln being bad at his job because Peter is instantly like, man, we should go look up suicide hotlines because if I was looking for suicidal people, that's where I would be working. And Lincoln's like, oh man, I never thought of that. <laughs> she's like, Wait, well, maybe- what? Well, I, to Lincoln's defense, I don't think he ever viewed them maybe as suicides. Like, it looks like a double suicide, but you would still treat that as a murder if you only saw one body. Uh, also, he's operating under the assumption that she's still dead and her fingerprints just keep showing up because there's some horrifying murderer that cut off one of her well, hands. And is no, he knows for a fact that she's alive. Because he has the, the footage of her walking away yeah, from Yeah, but probably in the but previous that's the, cases. That's from this most recent. Yeah. And that's I not from previous ones. I can see in the previous cases them just finding the fingerprints and being real sus about it. Just and being not like, thinking, oh, that's like, not okay. There's, there's some really fucked up murderer out there who's... Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think I would jump immediately to she's still alive as my, as my thought. So, all right. All right, Lincoln. Uh, but hey, they they now know she's still alive um, and seems to be, you know, just, you know, it's harder for her to her to die because she's got a stronger magnetic force. So let's go figure out why she's, you know, trying to die with a bunch of people. Uh, oh, look, it's the grave of her sons and her husband. That might have something to do with it. Wow. She's just putting flowers down and it's real fucking sad. It's it's almost like it's survivor's guilt, but so much worse. <laughs> oh yeah, so bad. Like holy shit, I wouldn't just yeah. You would be traumatized after that. Like it makes sense. Well, well yeah, because you got pronounced dead. <laughs> She's her grave's also there. Is this survivor's so guilt? So you can't or even is go this, talk to someone. You're just a different this, person now. Is this resurrected guilt? I mean. It's, was she resurrected or did she never? Guilt. Was she resurrected or she, did she never die? She was pronounced dead. So you would assume someone checked her pulse or someone checked, and she was. She was dead. in the morgue, so she was declared medically dead by so the coroner. Why did she come back to life? Is my question in this scenario that 
don't don't worry about the religious like overtones and undertones that fringe. Like, well, yeah, not religious <laughs> overtones. Like blah blah. But like, the, what would be the fringe the, explanation for why she came back to life all of a sudden? Uh, I would assume that she was always that her soul was still there, like her soul hadn't left yet, like that energy hadn't left, and that sort of restarted everything. For all we know, she doesn't even have a heartbeat currently. I guess <laughs> she was shot twice in the head, though. Like there had to be some like biological repair happen. Yeah, that's when. Otherwise, she should like have that, a big bullet wound in the head. Like that trauma needs to have been recovered, or else I don't care if the energy of your soul still inhabits your body. You're not nah, doing much. R- if remember, you have remember, two traumatic blasts, electromagnetic your head. force. You want to know what that does? That makes things suck in when when holes happen like that. You, but they would have noticed that when they were <laughs> proclaiming her dead. Like, oh man, this is really weird. The brain matter's going back in the brain here. Like. They would have noticed that, like, to not have noticed she was still alive means she must have been dead if she got pronounced dead and moved to a morgue. Like, and then presumably yeah. oh, yeah, woke no. up in the me, morgue and was walked someone, out. Someone was bad at their job here, for sure. Uh, <laughs> or someone was very good at their job and she just kind of, like, delayed Wolverines it. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Or maybe like the hospital, the more got struck by lightning again and she came back after that. <laughs> like that would make more sense. But again, how do you heal the head trauma? Well, it, well, Charlie, it's important to recognize that the Borg was right beside the electrical generator and the power <laughs> went out. So it had to restart. And the, the, the sad thing is, is they've got like the wires kind of like fucky because they like go around the morgue. And she just happened to get like a little jump start. For you know some reason, that, that... for some reason, they wired the morgue directly in where they keep the bodies. <laughs> yes. I would have appreciated uh, ev- just a small throwaway line explaining that, but it's not that yeah. important to the plot of well, the episode. Well, I guess, I guess they kind of they say like, oh, her cells don't want to come apart, so maybe like, oh, she got shot in the head and like everything just sucked back together over yeah, time. But my problem and it is healed. people would have noticed. Like, I mean, it yeah. would have happened probably slowly for a big wound like that. Like, she I- doesn't take. Like, right. it, she walked away but, from the car crash. She was stiff and limping, and she was right. bleeding. But I assume when people bring bodies to a morgue, they don't also bring all the gunk they sweep off the floor and leave it in the case of the body. Like, I think that gets disposed of separately. It's God, David. That's the answer. God brought her back. We're going I would with accept that, that the, more. <laughs> that's the only solution that makes sense. <laughs> Anyhow, she's, she's crying at the grave of her family like a loser. Um... <laughs> And uh, she gets <laughs> she gets a phone call, and a guy is basically she set herself up as Joan, a counselor, um, and who was the, able to get it so that the hotline direct like you know goes to her phone, goes her to her phone, phone and is, also the hotline like the suicide prevention place doesn't know that that happens as well. Yeah, <laughs> and it routes. Yeah. It routes directly to her, like it doesn't bounce through the call center, and they're like, "Hey, I need to speak to Joan," and they're like, "Oh, cool, Joan's always on call." Click, it, yeah, it's just her cell number. I don't know how this guy got it, because uh, it seems like this is the first time they're talking. But there's a guy saying, "Hey, I'm suicidal. I think I'm going to hurt myself," and she's like, "Cool, this is too important to talk about over the phone. Tell me uh, where Charlie, you live." It's, it's important to recognize all that she did was she put out like ads for like the suicide like hotline thing and just like it, it's the exact same looking ad as the other one she just changed the phone number and that's it i would yeah, believe that. that 
Um, but also Except she for the put fact it in she like also the saddest works. magazine in existence, so that she could only find the like. <laughs> what what is the saddest magazine? Um, uh, Single Men Monthly. Is that a real magazine? <laughs> no, but it's called it's called Hooters magazine. Does Hooters have a magazine? If so, that's really sad. Does Hooters have a magazine? Um. <laughs> Enjoy Hooters that magazine in your search history. Enjoy that there in is, your search history. I think there is a Hooters magazine. Oh, geez. Yep, there used to be a Hooters magazine <laughs> going back at least until 2011. Oh my gosh. Oh, look at that. That that The math lines up. March, <laughs> March 18th, 2011. All right, so Dana put out a bunch of ads in the Hooters magazine with her cell phone number in it. That's real suspect. <laughs> anyway, she gets this guy, the suicidal man, to give his location so she can go and talk him Presumably talk him down, but knowing how we know Dana, probs not. Nope. Yep. And yeah, he gives her gives her the the location. Um, she uh gets there, walks in, um, and doors unlocked. Everything's all good. Walks up. He pulls a gun at her, and she smiles. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, please, please." <laughs> and the dude's like, There's... "Man, you're you're not afraid. I'm real good at telling when people are afraid, and you're just not afraid. That's real weird." Why are you a fucking freak? Oh, sorry. This is also intercut with Lincoln and Peter showing up at a a crisis help center. Yes, right. And where she finding works. out that yeah, finding out that Dana is Joan and is one of the best counselors, and she saved by herself like thirty seven people. And hey, she must like, be good. She must be lucky because she's been struck by lightning twice. Which oh man, that seems so unfortunate. You would think that would have come up in Lincoln's. Like, that's in her medical record somewhere. How do you miss that she was struck by lightning twice? Well, once again, to Lincoln's, to Lincoln's aspect, you know, he's living in the real world, not the fringe world. No, I so, mean, like, after, oh, cool. after this case has been... Oh, cool, she got struck by been, lightning twice. Oh, that's, a, that's a weird little fact. That's fine. After, <laughs> after this case has been brought to fringe team's attention, and you know, hmm, something is wrong with this, women, this woman's I, like, I electromagnetic think signature. I work. No, I'm not saying Lincoln. Lincoln. I'm not saying Lincoln. I'm saying literally anyone else on the fringe team. Why didn't they look through her medical records to say what happened to her? Maybe we can. Oh, look, she was struck by lightning twice. Maybe that done did it instead of needing (laughs) it to be a throwaway line in the middle of the episode. Maybe she was only struck by lightning once real bad. And the second time it just grazed her. So it wasn't in her record. The second time was as Joe. So they just saw that she only got struck by lightning once. And and Walter was like, oh, I've been struck by lightning once. It was fine. Nothing weird happened to me. All of my friends Uh, have been struck by lightning. It's it's actually really common. (laughs) But no, she had to have been struck by lightning twice as Dana, because yes. that's the explanation for how she got to yeah, be I have semi-immortal. I have a nitpick here for if she's been going by Joan, why does this random woman know she's been struck by lightning twice? Like, is that her true truth one lie? Like, icebreaker thing? <laughs> <laughs> I can't die. I've been struck by lightning <laughs> twice, and I hate cats. And they're like, ah. Uh. <laughs> the lie is that you can't die? She's like, nope, I love cats. No, she's like, God willing. And then she like gives you a thumbs up. <laughs> but yeah, she shows up at this dude's apartment. And he's like, man, 
I really don't want to hurt people anymore, but I'm gonna because of the bomb. Well, he's like, you're, like, you're here to help me, but who's going to help all those other people that I put a bomb at? She's like, excuse? And he's like, yeah, I put a bomb on a train. Here's the exact location of the train. Hope these angels take my soul on up to heaven like um, Asriel. And then he kills himself. And she like rushes over to call 911. And then is like, he kills himself. And then he, she's like, hmm, I could go save countless lives. Or... I could try and kill myself with this bomb. Yep. It's... Or option two. <laughs> there was a decision tree there, and she chose the bad decision. Yeah. I mean, she does eventually find good decision C. In her cer- scenario. I need to stress, in her scenario. <laughs> good decision C. In any other scenario, there is only A. There is only call the police. <laughs> call the police and go hey um i work for this um there's he he, someone just gave a bomb threat here's the location (laughs) here's the precise location and the train um also there's a dead man in front of me right now (laughs) this looks really bad for me and i'm sorry (laughs) i'm gonna go now please don't try to find me (laughs) he called my cell phone i came to his apartment Um, wait how did he get his how did he get your cell phone number I falsified Crisis Center ads <laughs> with only my cell phone. They're like, are you posing this, as a crisis worker? This is very worker? much no, no, an no. in-too-deep, can't-call-the-police sort of I, thing. I work for the Crisis Center, <laughs> but I also made false ads so that they wouldn't know that I was going to... Just, it's a whole thing, okay? <laughs> it was actually really easy. I know the intern who made the ad, so I just got the doc, like, the doc file copy from him. <laughs> I, I may have actually just like used their like you know marketing budget and everything as well um just like you know it's fine <laughs> anyhow uh we cut back to the lab and william and walter are getting high while looking over some data on potential hosts and walter remarks a brain dead patient with these conditions it's like a one in a million shot like it's kind of hard to to find a host body like this um, and then William gets the great idea as he looks over at Gene the cow and they're basically like, put me into the cow and you'll decipher my thoughts using an EEG. And I was like, but if you're in the cow controlling the cow's body, why don't you just get like um, a Stephen Hawking situation where you can just look at letters on a on a screen? Isn't that much easier than doing an EEG? No, not for William Bell. It's way more fun this way. Uh, Walter then also brings up a good point, but like, I'm going to have to milk you. <laughs> I don't want to do that. And Bell, never not being creepy, goes, oh, get Astrid to do it. <laughs> yeah, we could make Astrid do it. Because William has been like, Astrid is my pet now. I own her. It's God. <laughs> William Bell has shown that he is a CEO of a large company um, in this episode. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the more sane world, um, Lincoln and Peter are looking through Dana's stuff from the crisis center, and they have all these uh, books that she references, presumably during casework, except for one called The Afterlife of the Soul, which is the only religious book in the collection, and all the passages are highlighted about what happens to the soul after you die. And so Peter's like, wait a minute. She doesn't, like, she wants to die. 
she's not trying to steal life force. She's trying to piggyback on these people's suicide. Which is a weird thought for her to decide to go to as well. It's a weird leap of logic. I'm, I'm going to wager that she herself tried suicide prior to all this and it still Pro- didn't work. I mean, yes, but I Probably don't know. Probably several times even. I don't know when I would make the, le- make the leap to, I know, if someone else kills themselves with me, that'll work. Well, listen, my death is broken, but maybe it just needs to be in contact with someone else's. I just, <laughs> th- th- I don't get that logic at all. Dave. <laughs> David, the, the problem is, is the power button isn't working right now. Like, you can't just turn it off and turn it on again. Gotta go find someone yeah, else. Yeah, but if button. I bring another computer next to my computer and turn that computer off, I don't expect both computers to turn off. <laughs> okay, in this, in this analogy, um, every computer, when it turns off, emits a small, like, EM pulse. But that's just, that's not what happens in real life. When someone dies, they don't cause yeah, other people, people to die. And people die and stay dead in real life. But this is a fucking TV show, dude. So maybe. I know, but it's not like she had nothing to leap on, latch onto to make this leap of logic. Hey, David. She's hey, David, digging hey, David, around hey, in a religious book. Of course hey, she's not sticking to facts. But there's nothing in the religious she book that's like, hey, you can ride other people's deaths to de- like heaven. Like. Hey, David. Oh, shapeshifters, I know, I know. But this, <laughs> this episode's so good, like, as thematically and story-wise, but technically it just doesn't work, like, at all. Like, they've missed so many technical plot hooks of just, like, logical, like, things, which bothers me, because this is such a good episode, but it holds up to I'm, no screen. I'm glad that David's rating's gonna be, like, a three, because he's gonna be like, this episode was gold, but I hated it. It's, We've ruined this episode it's, for It holds now. up to no scrutiny. The second you look at this episode too long, you're like, it's held by paper and wishes. That's like, the point of the show. <laughs> but other episodes are We do this loose. for every episode. But other episodes at least hold up to one, like, or at least a we couple of We came up with the lances. shapeshifter shorthand specifically for this issue. <laughs> like, I'm fully on board with you, my dude. I agree 100%. None of this makes sense. But it the- all crumbles as soon as you stare at it and a firm breeze goes by. <laughs> but we gotta move I'm- on. Right. I'm very. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've had someone get angry about technical aspects of the show. I'm glad it's back. Just, it's been like a just, full season. It makes no uh, sense. It's it's fine, David. Shapeshifters. Shapeshifters was meant to explain fringe elements for specifically God. science fiction facts. This isn't even science God, fiction. I, this is just her being a weirdo and leaping to weird leaps of logic. God, I want I want a t-shirt now that just either just says shapeshifters or says David, comma, shapeshifters, or just shapeshifters, bitch. Like, one of those three. Hey, it audience. make no sense to anyone else. Hey, audience, if you email us asking for merch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we can get it made. I can figure that out. <laughs> just impact, impact white font on a black shirt that just says shapeshifters. And no one will get it. They'll be like, no is that a band? Is that, is that an indie band? And you're like, no. Listen to my podcast. And they're like, oh, no, no, you're one of those guys. Podcast. Listen to this obscure podcast. No, no, no. My podcast, because only we're going to be wearing those shirts. <laughs> yeah. All right, where are we in this episode? Uh, uh, so many different uh, things. Peter and Lincoln go out and explain, like, hey, we heard she got struck by lightning twice. I don't know why we did discover this in her medical records. 
you guys are way too high to be having this discussion. Um, but is that po- is that possibly the reason why her electromagnetic electromagnetic energy is so fucked up and she can't die? And William Bell's like, yeah, maybe. And they go, <laughs> cool, that's a hundred percent it. Yeah. And then Lee gets a call being like, hey, Dana's been spotted in Dorchester. And they go talk to a landlady and she's like, oh, yeah, she came out of the apartment over there. Um, I heard heard a a gunshot. She left. (laughs) Yeah. Man, this Um, lady. Oh, my God. Because she's like, yeah, oh, man, did she kill him? Did she blah, blah, blah? And Lincoln's like, well, it's an ongoing investigation. We can't tell you. And she's like, oh, only you get to ask the questions, huh? Like, yeah, that's how the police works. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) He's an investigator. He gets to investigate. I, I, I love I love the side characters in this episode. I love the like random throwaway characters that we get in this episode. Nonsense. We have incredibly edgy bomber, um, starstruck rooftop lover, and now angry next door neighbor. Like, like, who are you? A man has questions. What do you mean? Why can't a I man ask has questions? died? Like, just calm down a second. No, not even a man. Your neighbor. <laughs> Yeah, well, your tenant, even, because it's the landlady. Yeah. It's oh, just, right. Yeah, no, your tenant. It's just so weird. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they're like, oh, this is this is different because she didn't try and piggyback on this guy's suicide. Um, There's only and, one shot fired. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, they They go, or sorry, we cut to Dana sitting in a church and a nun is like, oh, wow. You really picked a super fucking obscure story that carries no potential red flag warning signs that I should maybe direct you to a mental health professional. Or at least, like, uh, talk to you and try to investigate. Nope. Yeah, and it's the story of Azriel, which is what the bomber mentioned before he uh, killed himself, and it's basically like, oh, there is a sinner named Azriel stuck in purgatory, and the angels were like, hey, God, don't be a dick. He's been in there long enough. And God's like, yeah, even though, like, He's 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 a sinner. He's got to stay down there. And the angels went and gave God the finger, and then went and picked Azrael up. And apparently, their innocence cleansed his sins. So God was like, "Yeah, cool, whatever," and let him into heaven. That's religion for you, folks. Don't listen to God uh, if you're an angel, except do because the one guy who did that is in hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No mixed messages well, no, no, no. in in this thing. Religion well, the is mes- the message that we're getting here is given to peer pressure. <laughs> yes. If all your friends are jumping off a bridge, why aren't you? <laughs> also, a, a quick note about purgatory. It's super dickish. Um, yes. If you read, I think, like, original Dante, it's basically like, yeah, even if you were, like, a super good and virtuous person in life, unless you were, like, a baptized Catholic, you don't get into heaven. Nope. You just get to wander around meh forever. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's better it's better than the than the other thing that we're suggesting, but <laughs> Yeah. So the, I guess Dana's like, hmm, there's gonna be a lot of angels picking up all those souls. Maybe they'll pick me up on the way. Well, she just got this very bad message that was like, hmm, I need more innocence, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One wasn't enough. I'm too heavy. I need uh, multiple angels to outweigh my sins. That's what I went wrong. I was trying with one angel. I guess I need more. 
At which point she opens it up, looks, it says that it's um, a, a well, train looks going at the to like, a Christian made. summer camp. Um, <laughs> She's like, perfect. They'll all be there. <laughs> yeah, oh. also, that dude left a hell of a timer on the bomb because she was able to go do all of this. Oh, yeah. Well, I think he kind of wanted to be stopped. Yeah, Maybe. but also, also, like, dude, how, like, when did you plan this all? Like... Also, well, I'm I, also expecting that he was uh, like of the opinion of like, uh, like you know, that I don't know how long it's going to take until like I want to like do this to myself, and it was like, ah, cool, there's someone here now. Tell, <laughs> yeah, maybe arrived a bit early. Um, because it, it's not like it's like, hey, where where do you live? And he can't, he can't just then be like, yeah, no, I live here. Also, I'm not getting groceries right now. Don't come by for a couple <laughs> hours. Um, <laughs> I'll be home in like two hours. All right. <laughs> Watching watching this scene out of the corner of my eye really messed me up because it's her looking down at the note with the location of the bomb. And then it cuts to Lincoln looking through a pile of mail. And for an instant, I was like, what the fuck, Lincoln? <laughs> did How did you, you not notice that time? he wrote down the bomb location? <laughs> I got really confused. Uh, we do instead have... Oh, Lincoln being it, so it bad at his Peter. job. Just like, <laughs> being the worst investigator. I do like the Fringepedia uh, entry for this part of the scene because the Fringe team or an FBI team is tearing apart the bomber's apartment and Broyles like stomps on a rug because that's what you do instead of just lifting the rug up and looking. I don't know why you don't just like in every escape room we go, hey, a rug, let's lift it. We don't even stomp and check. We're just like, there's something. We got to do escape rooms again. Yes, we, oh, we do get to do escape rooms. Oh my god. I've complete <laughs> honestly, I have completely forgotten escape rooms were even a thing until you just mentioned them. <laughs> I was just hit with such a rush of memories and like concepts. But uh, the, the Fringepedia, there's two sentences for this scene and the Fringepedia, and it's Broyles find a secret underground room in Brian's apartment. It appears that Brian is a sociopath. Sentence number three of Charlie's uh <laughs> statement. Like, <laughs> I like how they it also just... find a receipt for plastic explosives. Yeah. Go to the home hardware store and buy plastic explosives? And it's just like, oh yeah, he bought plastic explosives. It says right here. Connecticut's a weird place, man. <laughs> maybe he was maybe he was the demolitions, like a licensed demolitions expert. And like he was allowed to buy that and has to keep the receipt for legal purposes. I like, mean, I guess we, but it we just don't seems, know his day job. It seems crazy just to find that receipt somewhere. But yeah, but yeah they they, they um, know he's built a bomb. They know the bombs on the timer. They don't know where the bomb is or how long the timer. And let's cut yes. instead to the train where um, Joan. <laughs> Dana, I yeah. think is her real name. Dana, but like yeah. also Joan. Yes. Um, has boarded the train. Uh, yep, and, and she. Seat. Yeah, she finds the bomb and she puts it on her lap and just sits there. And then the most chatty man in existence comes up. And he gets off the phone. He's like, ah, just, just my sister needs me to watch like her kid or something. Her my... brand, new, her second child. I'm going to go visit her... their beautiful family. I have so much to live for. Man, my I really hope I don't my die. <laughs> my sister and her husband go at it like rabbits, because that's something you want to think about and say out loud. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, do you do you want that known? Like, do you have you said that statement out loud, David? That oh man, my sister and her husband must have gone at it like rabbits. No, I have not. It's in general, not something that you really ever want to think about when it comes to oh. family. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so years and years ago, I used to work as a, a rink rat at the local hockey arena in my hometown. And we got a new wow, Zamboni are you, driver. Are you Canadian or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm fucking Canadian there, eh? Um, no, 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 Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> yeah, Canadian. Um, but the new Zamboni driver came in and we were just chatting. He's like, hey, man, like, how long have your parents been married? And I was like, at the time, I was like, yeah, they've been married like 20 years. He's like, they must have gotten bored at some point. Your dad must have absolutely ruined your mom at some point. <laughs> oh, wow. And that thought has stuck with me for 10 years. And now Charlie, I pass it on to you and all of our listeners. Don't your siblings listen to this? Oh, yeah. No, I pass it on to them as well. <laughs> they don't want to hear it. Stop listening 20 seconds ago. <laughs> But yeah, David, I'm sure how David long will have your edit in been a Charlie's sibling I don't know. Morning, uh. <laughs> uh. But yeah, let's get back into the episode where we learn that everyone on this train has so much to live for. They're just super nice people. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, she also does the black comedy bullshit where he's like, oh yeah, I'm on my way to visit family in Providence. Where are you going? And she's like, oh yeah, I'm on my way to visit family too. And you're like, ha ha ha, because her family is dead and she's trying to kill herself. Ah, I see. Like, just say a fucking business trip or something. Lie better. Or just don't talk to this man. Who talks yeah. to strangers? Pretend to be deaf. <laughs> like. Just sign random nonsense. No, chances are people won't know. Unless you're Ted Mosby. In which case, uh... <laughs> Apparently, everyone in that group knows ASL. <laughs> hey, good for them. I mean, I do want to learn ASL. I think that'd be a valuable skill to have. Do you think I, chat rooms? I, I, ruined I hung the out with acronym? someone who did know who did know ASL, and they tried to teach me a couple words and told me that my ASL was too aggressive. Um, <laughs> like my like signing was like too aggressive. I'm you're like, just, I'm sorry. You're just screaming at people. It's like, whoa, whoa, dude, come on. Sorry, sorry, Nick. Are you saying that your signing puts off bad vibes? <laughs> yes, as it turns out. <laughs> just. It was like the strangest thing I've ever told. He was like, you're either too lazy with your hand signals or you're way too aggressive. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm trying. I mean, it makes sense. You're either like real casual or extra formal. I mean, I get it. The uh, way you do signs is how you do like um, uh, intonation or emotion. So it makes sense. Exactly. I just, oh. Oh, that's hilarious. Um. But we cut back to Fringe Team, they're sort of now very concerned because they've learned there's a bomb involved in this situation. And they're like, oh also, my god. This man has this man has the weirdest portrait ever. Real quick, just just really quick. He has a he has a portrait in the in his house that is just a, a like yellow background and a big ass just regular fly on it. <laughs> and that's just a portrait in his house. Um, okay, give that? me the time code. Give me the time code so I can go find this. Thirty twenty seven. But Lincoln's like, oh, what if the reason why she didn't try to kill herself here is that she wants to try to kill herself with a bomb, or she's like trying to get more people dead so she can ride more people's souls or something? That is fucking weird. It is just like, 
<laughs> it is just a yellow background and a close-up, like, high-detailed painting of a fly. Weird. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, no, hey, yeah, Link- Lincoln finally has the, like, first good thought that he has in the episode. Um, yeah, and so Peter's like, I know, we just need to call her, we have her cell phone number, or, like, they find the dude's cell phone, so they're like, oh, I bet this last called number is her, because like, he was calling the suicide hotline. So let us call, let's try to call her and then track the cell phone. Um, they call her, she does not pick up. They're like, fuck, I know. Let's pretend to be her dead family and then call her. No, not even. No? What was it? The, yes, they just call. that is exactly. No, that's what happened. Well, no, they call once, she ignores it, and then Peter goes, hey, you can make that look like any phone number, right? Oh, and they're okay. like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I thought like, it popped up twice as unknown number. No, no, the second number was supposed to be, like, her husband or something. Because yeah, he's like, she won't hang, she won't not pick up on this number. I mean, I Which, would not like, pick up on that number. <laughs> that person obviously knows intimate details about my life. I just, yeah. should just ignore it. But she, um, she, she Yeah, she up. gets a sprint incoming call from unknown yep. number. You don't even see unknown caller for, like, it's in the bottom, like, eighth of the frame. Dominated by sprint in that ugly-ass yep. yellow bar loco. <laughs> whoa 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 sprint if you want to sponsor us let me know before we start throwing these stuff out i i know we're Excuse canadian you, that's verizon I, now david yeah they merged no sprint that's specifically fuck verizon wait doesn't t-mobile own both of them now i think so t-mobile get at&t there's like three phone companies uh, it's let's not get into that that's that's all just very yeah weird. don't make me we don't need to make me angrier if we talk about phone companies <laughs> Wait, T-Mobile isn't even the parent company? It's owned by a okay. German company called Deutsche Telekom? What anyways. the fuck? Anyways, she picks up on the second phone call because it's her dead husband and she is desperate to hear from him um, before she attempts to kill an entire train full of people to join him. Uh, um, but when she realizes that it's not him... And she's trying to track, they're trying to track her number, so Peter's trying to keep her on the phone. They're going through this whole thing where Peter's like, hey, you don't want to do this, blah, 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 blah. She's like, no, I do. I do, I do really want to do this. <laughs> now I'm going to hang up on you. I do really want to do this. I know that this is, like, you know, not right for these other people, but I really want to do this. Yep. <laughs> it's the only way for me. So she, um, she, she, she hangs up, and they're like, oh, fuck, okay. Uh, did you manage to track the number? And they're like, nope, we were unable to do so. I'm like, that is the longest anyone in a in a crime television show has had someone on the line and not have a dramatic like tracing screen and then not get the trace. Yeah, a weird time. A, a weird time for God. realism. Fringe, a weird time. <laughs> hey, I don't David, know what you're talking about, David. God, God canceled the trace. <laughs> So um, the they... same heavenly a- energies that prevented those people from proving that the Earth is flat also prevented this cell oh, phone. Trip. Hey, speaking of realism, we quickly get away from it because they're able to isolate a voice in the background of the call. <laughs> That's the um, fucking train Listen, conductor. Did you not? Do you not realize how amazing Sprint's uh, like, <laughs> cell phone audio quality is, and like how yeah. good their audio quality is, David? Excuse you. So they isolate the uh, background of the call, which is the train conductor. They find out where the train's going, and they're like, well, fuck, that doesn't narrow it down. There's three different trains that are heading all to that location right now. 
Uh, we don't really know which one it would be. And Belle and uh, Broyles get to do some, or not Broyles, Bella and uh, Walter get to do some math. <laughs> Walter gets very some, excited. Like, third grade math. Walter's Walter like, gets very excited because he's like, word, word problems. problems. <laughs> <laughs> which is bullshit. No one likes word problems, Walter. <laughs> word, word problems are the worst. Sucked. Word problems are normal problems, but with distraction, and it's stupid. To be fair, this would be like a physics question that we would have gotten. Um, three different trains it's all heading like, to the same location, all traveling at different constant rates. Figure out which one is it, at this time point. This is, this is a high school physics problem at, at greatest, but boy, Walter. So and, what, uh, is, what is the voice in the background saying that tips them off? It's uh, the next stop at um, Norwood Station? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But she gives them, like, like, at this time, 10 minutes ago, or blah, 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 the next stop is this station, and they have the train schedule, so they know what trains would be there. Right? Even though during the run-through, Walter goes ignoring stopping for station. Don't worry about it. Because they, they're, like, constant velocity, ignoring stopping for stations. I'm like, that is a fairly significant part of this question, though. Well, listen, it's important to recognize that at this time, um, they didn't have those, like, train tracking things that you knew, like, how long it was going to be until your train arrived. So they're like, oh, Man. shit, there were three trains that are all going to arrive there. <clears throat> we have no idea about delays. Let's do a word problem to figure out the delays and things. I kind of <laughs> To wish... be fair, it, it would have, you would think it would have been quicker to call up, like, whatever Massachusetts. Or just, or just stop all three trains. Yeah, you're the FBI. <laughs> just stop all three trains. Come on. But no, they have to physically drive up to the train, and so we get a scene where the woman's sort of sitting back at her seat, and the guy next to her is like, hey, can you wash my shit? I need to go piss or something. Um, and so he walks away, and she's looking at the window, and we just see cop cars show up. Yeah, and the conductor hops out, and Bros is like, have you seen this woman? And he's like, dude, there's like 500 fucking people there's on this There's a bomb train. on this train. Like, that conductor is really chill for being told by the FBI that there's a bomb on the train. Again. Yeah. He, and he's, he did a really good job in training. Like, he is so <laughs> chill. Training. <laughs> he's so oddly chill about the situation. And they take an awfully long time to get the evacuation started as well. Yeah, and the well, dude who goes like, to the hey, bathroom, but... I guess, heard the cop cars roll up or heard there's a bomb in this train and decided to peek his head out. And when the conductor's like, too many people on the train, I don't know all their faces. That dude's like, oh yeah, she, conveniently she's sitting right next to me. Like, I know that woman. She's sitting next to me. And he leads them back and she's gone. Like, well, she was even sitting though, right there. Even though point, I sorry. almost want to say this scene would have, like, this episode would be better without that, like, oh, hey, she was sitting next to me. I, I don't just, like it upon well, no, reviewing. Because, because then we get Broyles going, release the hounds, and they bring in a bunch of... Uh... No, but you can still have uh, release the hounds and just go, yeah. okay, search car by car and find her. Yes. Um, and but they start the search. Um, unfortunately, she has joined the evacuation with her, uh, with her backpack. You know, definitely not a duffel bag. Um, and um, calmly walks off of the train and then starts running for the forest. Because uh, she's been found out. And... Does she evacuate with everyone, or has she already not I think booked she just it off does. the train? I don't think she evacuates with everyone. I think she yeah, just, like... she she is already she walking into the field with the duffel bag yeah. before they get on That's the train. Fair. The second the train stops, she like, just jumps out. 
Yeah, as well, soon as, yeah, as, soon as she sees the And cop. she sees that there's a huge number of, like, a huge police presence. She's like, oh, this is, this is going to look really bad now. Like, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. too many It angels. already looked bad if I called... It looked really bad if I called the cops, told them that there was a dead man who told me that, there, that he placed a bomb on a train. But she didn't, um, she didn't tell anyone. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, that's already, like... There, there's already, like, you're in too deep at that point. At this point... <laughs> Yeah. So Lincoln and Peter are walking through the train and they're like, okay, we haven't found anything. We haven't found her. And then um, there's a massive explosion on the side. And oh, hey, bomb went off in the field. Fortunately, not on the train. Yep. Yeah. Everyone who has not previously died before is okay. Yes. Yeah. And they go and they go to the blast site and and they even find... some who have previously died. Yeah. They find yeah. Dana's body and she is dead again, somehow. Maybe. Somehow more confusing. Ah, <laughs> ah, this episode makes no sense. And also looks <laughs> way better than Lincoln did. This after his explosion. makes no sense. What? Well, yeah, she looked better because her her electrons, her atoms, were more strongly held together, and because of that, she doesn't take very much damage. But also, the actress to... didn't want to <laughs> shave off her hair. <sighs> but yeah, um, she dies, and that's the probably plot of the this episode. time for sure. Yeah, I guess that's the end. And Peter's like, "Welcome to Fringe Division, Agent Lee. You'll be hearing from us, maybe." I'm sure if we'll you be seeing come back. lots more of you. Lincoln's like, man, this was a lot more exciting than what I usually do. Um, which... Where I got tagged on this homicide, I'm usually tax evasion. <laughs> um, and then uh, Peter has a conversation with uh, Belle in Olivia's body at the very end where um, he comes home and Olivia, or Belle Olivia's there. She's like, yeah, Walter thought it'd be best if I just stay here. And it's like, that makes sense. Um, and they sort of have a cup of tea. Uh, which I assume is laced with soul magnets, just because <laughs> that's his yeah, move. I would, I would not have any drink he offers me ever again. <laughs> it's just full to the brim with more soul magnets. Um, yeah, but Bell Bell's like, oh, the bomb's energy might have undid the lightning strike, and that's what allowed her to die. Yep. And he's like, Science. that's my first theory. The second theory is ignore it's the God. first one. <laughs> Yeah, she she didn't she couldn't die because she needed to take the bomb off the train now and then she could die. Well, I think it's also very very noticeable that they like Bell, I think both Bell and Walter were considering, hmm, woman who can't die can probably take like Bell's conscious. Like she doesn't want to be here anymore. If we tell her uh yeah. If we tell her, "Hey, you won't be any you won't be here anymore. Um we're just going to perform this little procedure." Uh she would definitely be down with that. <laughs> yeah that would have been a nice wrap up to this I guess it would have felt out of nowhere though if they had a problem they solved it right away Just I mean then form. you also have to tag that actress to come back as William yeah, Bell and you have, and you have the, the undying William Bell because not only does he have the ability to like trap his soul and magnets but also he's in an invincible body like <laughs> yeah, William Bell just becomes a very super problematic villain. human he just puts no, on spandex this, and ghost and, fight crime. The soul also, magnets will like undo the, the electromagnetism. Uh, yeah, there you go. And then immediately goes for uh, sex reassignment surgery. 
Listen, if they wanted to go full X-Men, they should have kept all the Cortaxa fan kids alive, and then William Bell could be like the Professor X scenario. <laughs> he would have there, been totally doable. There is doable. definitely... Yep. Oh man, they could have had one hell of a spinoff from Fringe. We talked yeah. about the possible spinoffs, the Cortaxa the, the fan trials or something. Would have been awesome. Fringe Division would have been cool. Been. Like, there are so yeah. many possible well, spinoffs. So, so, so there's that spinoff. There's the spinoff that they sort of like, basically like off of season three. If season three had went really well, I I feel like it. There would have been like a like alternate universe spinoff, which would have been weird because they would have had to like been like, hey, by the way, we're introducing all these other characters that you're gonna follow, like Fringe nah, Team nah, nah. B. The the, the the alternate universe spinoff still just has all of those characters. It's it's literally like oh yeah no the the, the like all the actors just work double now. Uh, <laughs> they just have to film we, two TV shows. We yeah. we we film forty eight episodes a season now. We don't film twenty four <laughs> like like cowards. Uh, anyhow, at the end of the discussion, uh, you can hear some church bells ringing in the distance, and Olivia suddenly resurfaces. I guess because a bell went off, and she's real fucked up because she doesn't know what the hell's going on. And then Belle resurfaces and goes, oh, shit's a little bit more complicated than I thought it was. That's the episode. Yep. Um, The Observer is across the street from the alley where uh, Dana first, and the guy's name is Jim, if you uh, cared, uh, land on the taxi in the cold open. And the glyphs spell out for this episode, erode, which I guess... Uh, she managed Stop. to erode. William yeah, William Bell's control is eroding on Olivia. The universe is maybe eroding through soft spots. Who knows? We're All getting right. a lot of now, we can't explain it. It just kind of happened. Fringe in the last two episodes, which is the so worst. Maybe kind it of fringe. is. Well, maybe it is a soft spot. Like if you want to explain it like that, like yeah, she was struck by lightning twice, but yeah, soft spot in the writers' heads. <laughs> Jesus, wow, David. I don't know why, but after going like through this episode, I like it way less, and I'm angry now. <laughs> like, I really, this... I really liked the episode after first watching it, but now after one level of scrutiny, I really don't like it as much. Like... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we've turned what I think is like a very fun episode into just a very now hated episode by David. Uh... <laughs> it was fun, Let's... but it just, made, it just doesn't hold up to anything. Uh, now, Charlie, let's try and make it worse. Uh, you want to help me, like, make up a uh, a next episode clue? Oh, God, there's not even one? a next episode uh, clue! <laughs> well, the next episode clue is the cliffhanger from the, from last episode. I the next episode clue... We've done that before. I will accept yeah. that. <laughs> but, no, We've that's done the that fake one. one. Let's, that's let's the one that you would instead, think it would be. Let's, let's instead talk about um, how uh, last episode we were dealing with the elements osmium and lutetium, and they probably have a stronger, or they've got, like, probably some, like, strong magnetic bond. Um, <laughs> last episode we the, saw, the partic- they showed us a periodic table of elements. You know, elements are magnetic. Come on. <laughs> well, no, that was the previous, previous episode that we saw a periodic table, David. We didn't see one in the last episode. That's, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> was it last episode? Last episode, <laughs> last episode last we episode saw a awesome. lot of... <laughs> Last episode, we saw a lot of crippled people, which is what David <laughs> wants to make these writers. Oh, God. Listen, I, I, I want no harm done to them, aside from shaking them and screaming why. 
Oh, no, wait, no, wait, guys, 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 I've got it, I've got it. Last episode, in the cold open, um, we had a guy who was floating up into the sky, almost like a kite. Um, that is in reference to <laughs> Benjamin Franklin and that bullshit story. I thought you were um, going to go, that's that's akin to the story of Asriel, where the angels lifted him up to heaven. I was even... I would even accept that's a kid to just going to heaven or something. He, he, he died. He was a sinner because he was stealing, but he still floated up to heaven. Those All those people floated like angels. Just like Ooh. this episode. <laughs> nah, the, 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 he, was, he got struck by lightning twice while he was up there, and his body wasn't charred because of uh, reasons. <laughs> All right. He was a uh, lightning rod. Episode ratings, I fucking guess. David, you you get to go last this time. Lead us off, David. No, no, David goes last. I want to hear David's reaction last. Nick, you're first. Um, I I'm still just gonna go. This was a fun episode. I'm giving this a four. Um, I thought this was a fun episode. Fuck, fuck you, David. I I I enjoyed it, even even with the scrutiny that we brought in here. Um, yeah, this this is this is a solid four here. This is a four because I don't care really a lot about any of the fringe stuff going around. Anna Torv is great as Leonard Nimoy as William Bell. Um, Walter is super giddy having his best bud back. And it's it's just a fun episode. And then the drama of the fringe stuff is still good. I don't care that it doesn't hold up. David, go. So some caveats. <laughs> this was a very fun episode. I agree. Every All the actors did a very good job. Anna Torv did an amazing job portraying William Bell. I really like the byplay between Bell and uh, Walter and the overall theming of the fringe elements and what it means to the overall story is very good. With that, two. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a two for me. <laughs> so, so, David, if, if you roll this back an hour and a half, what was your thought about what your, what your rating would have been? An oh, hour it's going to be a four. <laughs> but now I hate this episode. <laughs> now i'm very hey. upset <laughs> hey well if you like david after an hour and a half have halved your rating of this podcast why didn't you let us know uh oh my gosh <laughs> uh, david I, I don't i don't think i can rhyme this entire outro i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> were you trying no <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking right now no it's not gonna happen <laughs> all right just take us out well, hey, uh, if ho- hopefully, unlike David's thoughts about this episode, your opinion of this podcast grew over the last hour and a half, um, and uh, you enjoyed all that uh, we've talked about. If you did, um, feel free to leave us a like on whatever podcatching service um, that you're using, uh, be it Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, or our home on Podbean. Um, if you really enjoy this and you want to try and interact with us a little bit further, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Forsaf, um, or you can send us an email at forsaf at gmail.com. Uh, hope you have a great one. See you in the next episode. Outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a attribution non-commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license.